Welcome to the Quack Toll Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack, quack. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, 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 and I'm Aaron Schroeder. That is right, and this is the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web, Footosphere, and Aaron, breaking news. Oh, well, shit. Not, well, people already know about this like for days. I don't. Breaking news to me. Come on. Breaking news to my, you. Blow my mind, baby doll. <laughs> That's the nice thing when one host is not paying attention to the subject matter of the show, is everything is breaking news at all times. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Even, I'm a newborn. Every week, I'm a brand newborn baby. Literally, last fucking week, we talked about how to say Oregon. So, like, truly, everything <laughs> is on the table. <laughs> Seven years in or whatever. Oh, um, my God. Aaron, we got a speaking wonderful... Of... <laughs> Sorry, but really quick, speaking of which, watching that intro, man, my look used to be something ferocious. I miss oh, that yeah. guy. We're going to we're going to that add... guy? I need to get him back. It, this anyway. is like the next season, so I think we need to add something to the, mm-hmm. the title sequence. Mm-hmm. That's like the most fun thing about binging a show is seeing the new, the new opening, you know? Sure, sure. And yeah, I assume people I, yeah. binge the Quack 12, yeah. Aaron, we got news. Well, first of all, okay. we got a wonderful guest coming up. The, the, I mean, basically the third host of this podcast, Hip the main host, the quack, the main host. Yeah, we we just fill in time until he gets yes. here. Hip the day will be on the show, but Aaron, there's a second billboard. There's a second Bo Nix billboard. I repeat, what? the first one was in Manhattan. That was obviously yeah. calling back to Joey Harrington. Scratch that, Joey Heisman. Um, it felt right. like, you know, a throwback. It, it felt it's it's New York. It still felt like a big thing. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to end there. I thought it was going to end there. But Aaron, technically, there's kind of two billboards because we went to Dallas, Dallas, fucking Texas. That is right. This one, I feel hmm. like more is even more recruiting centered. I mean, they're all just a big old. Recruiting oh, you tool. think so? OK. And here Let's we go. Bing, bang, thing. boom. Look at that. Two billboards. One is just his disembodied arm. Thro- it and seems then- like you're supposed to... <laughs> where are you standing when you're in the correct location to make them connect? See, somebody is oh, standing in the wrong spot. I've heard that they don't really... I'm not sure if there is. I'm sure there is a position where it would line up perfectly. But I kind of think they went for that Stretch Armstrong look on purpose. Okay, to show that he can go the distance. Like he's got a long arm. Yeah, you know, he's he's really Mr. Mr. Incredible. Look well, to, you know, or Mr. Fantastic. Sorry, I have to say, uh, Dallas is lame. Oh, you heard it here first. Boom, put it out hey, there. Hey, it's a little less lame but now that we got bodacious there. Are other teams also doing this kind of no, stuff? No, that's why it's good. 
that's why it's weird. We're that's really so, we're really trying to solidify this whole uh we will do anything to remain the bad guy. <laughs> like it's hey. kind of a <laughs> I love I, it. I I mean we're going to the Big 10. I don't I don't think our we're actually the bad guys will hold up when we're nope. going against yeah. Nope. We're going to be going against like mean dudes. Oh yeah, we're gonna. I, how long do you think we're gonna look like little puppy dolls whenever we get over there? <sighs> Who knows, man? Who knows? Well, crazy. Uh, uh, I, I had to show you that. Especially, I love that news. Rounds. Thank you for that share, sir. Thank of you. Of course, thank you. of course. Uh, speaking of sharing, why don't you share the Quack Twelve podcast with all your friends, including our Twitter handle at Quack Twelve Podcast? Find us over on that terrible fucking site called X now. Um, also, <laughs> we have a TikTok. Yes, right. Yes, right, youngins. I know this is this is uh, pretty cool. TikTok stuff. is a coming. It's a real vibe over there on our Quacko <laughs> podcast TikTok. It's fire, you know. And um, <laughs> am I? Does I sound young? And of course, no, a Patreon. No, to help the way us you out. emphasize. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but anyways, that's enough plugging. Let's plug yeah. our, our our dear friend, our our wonderful guest, because this is the Pickums episode. Yeah, baby. Hithla Day of Addicted to Quack. It's wonderful to have you back on. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Football is almost here, Hithla Day. Football is almost here. How excited are you? Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, there's a Pac-12 team that's playing this coming Saturday. USC's playing San Jose State. That is right. And it is on the Pac-12 network. And I think that's kind of the reason why the Pac-12 network is dead. Is you got a number 16 playing and I don't know, they're not even selling the rights to it. Uh yeah, but <laughs> I, I am excited. I want to see all these all these games. Couldn't be more stoked. We also have fans of the Quack 12 podcast that are excited that you were coming back on cuz it meant some of their questions could finally be answered. Oh. Now, uh, we got two of them. I'm going to try to shout them out pretty quick. First of all, uh, another friend of the show, James Voss, at Who's the Voss, uh, asked the question, who isn't a wide receiver and isn't named Terrence Ferguson or Bucky Irving, but could be a real receiving threat? Uh, it's really limiting at that point. But, um, uh, Hithley, you got anyone that comes to mind right off the bat there who you're excited uh, to see? Not a tight end. Not not Terrence Ferguson and not named Bucky Irving and isn't a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay, Noah Whittington. Uh, yeah, he he caught I think thirty three passes last year. Um, uh, that, that's what yeah. I was thinking too. I mean, uh, we're I mean, really Oregon did down. throw a bunch of balls to to its running back. Yeah, he caught twenty two passes for uh, uh, seven point seven yards per reception. Uh, there you go. That, that's I'll, the I'll shout out. Uh, Josh Connerly is going to catch a touchdown pass at some point. So that's uh, Patrick Herbert uh, might step up. Um, hmm. You know, uh, we'll see. Uh, Kenyon Sadiq, the, as the true freshman, uh, might step up. At, you know, the, uh, as a split out um, receiver. Uh, Casey Kelly um, has been getting some good camp reports. I actually liked his hands quite a bit when I did my film study of him at Ole Miss. Um, right. He was effectively their starting tight end for like three years. Um, although, like, boy, that's a wacky story. You'll have to read my article for that one. Because, um, uh, like, Lane Kiffin runs a wacky program. Like, 
<laughs> I, I did film study on both the offense and the defense for Ole Miss because um, Oregon got a transfer on both sides of the ball. Um, Taishim Johnson was the other side of the ball. Um, and like, ooh, I do not like how he runs that program. Like, I if, mm. if Oregon has a coaching vacancy, and I know people are going to want to talk about Lane Kiffin um, as a potential candidate, I would not be a fan of that, like, at all. Not a part of the Lane train, I get it. No. <laughs> Um, Hith, we got one more here too. At Nat Fod, um, I have so many questions for slash about him, but I don't think they're what he's on the show for. So instead, can he name a player on each side of the ball that charts out a lot better than fans perceive them to be? Interesting. Throwing some curveballs, I know. Uh, that's like that sounds like he's taking shots at me for always. <laughs> talking shit on people <laughs> yeah probably it makes sense yeah. uh well i yeah I, I already well i already said his name but no whittington like no whittington mm. is right there with bucky irving like i i got you know i don't know why but there are some fans who are like why are you handing the ball to anybody but bucky irving and like no whittington's numbers are like right there with him i, I don't know yeah. maybe that's sort of damning faint pairs um if i don't get to pick him then maybe the answer is like chris hudson um mm, yeah. like he he like he wound up being like in he was Oregon's second leading receiver last year um uh you know and very reliable and he's like you know he's a he's 511 but for the last 3 years he has also been able to play as outside receiver and like that versatility is like important to understanding the wide receiver room because it means that like you know, because Dante Thornton hit the transfer portal, um, the the other guy on the outside across from Troy Franklin is either going to be a true freshman, right, uh, or a redshirt freshman, right? Jerry and Dickey, Kyler Casper, Justice Lowe, Ashton Cozart. None of those guys, we've seen those guys before. They're all like blue chips and highly rated, but like, and so, you know, like probably one of those guys is going to pop, but if none of them does, like unlikely, but if none of them does, Chris Hudson can be that dude. Um, uh, so, you know, he could play inside or outside. So like, you know, get comfortable with the idea of Chris Hudson being like a better player than you think he is. Um, cause he mm. is, uh, on defense, the answer is Triquez Bridges, um, yeah. like as a cornerback, um, like, look, is he the most like natural cornerback in the world in terms of coverage? No, um, there are uh, like, you know, higher ceiling, better cor cover corners than that guy. But I have to say after having watched like a bunch of different cornerback film, including Nico Reed, who I think is a better cover corner than mm -hmm. him, um, at, at Colorado, but is like a lousy tackler. Um, like the fact that Triquiz Bridges never lets you get an inch after you catch the ball, like no, like he tackles you like a hundred percent of the time. And like, you're going down instantly, um, is super valuable. Um, like it's, you know, a totally underrated skill. Um, and like, you know, dude hauled in three interceptions last year. It's not like he's terrible in coverage or anything. Like, yeah, Trekwiz Bridge is better than, you know, he doesn't deserve the flack that, that fans give him. I'll, I'll throw out for offense Ty Thompson because there's no way anyone could be as bad as the amount of flack they give Ty Thompson If you If you asked me this question in 2020, the answer would be uh, on offense would be Tyler Shuck, um, yeah. who they're going to face, you know, in week two against Texas Tech. And Tyler whose Shuck film I've Duck. been watching the last two weeks doing my, my film review of Texas Tech. And what do you think? 
I think he's definitely the best quarterback that they have. It was funny in 2022, or not funny, sad. Like, he's been injured, like, the last two years. He transferred to Texas Tech in 2021, and then he broke his collarbone four weeks in, just like Justin Herbert did Jeez. in 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he wins the job again in 2022, and he gets injured in the opener against an FCS team. And so they played, like, two different quarterbacks for, like, the next, like, eight weeks um and like and it like confused a lot of people because they were like is he the starter and i'm like yeah he's supposed to be the starter trust me i watched all that film like because because when he comes back at the end of the year uh, you know the last like five games or so i'm just like yeah he's supposed to be the starter like he's so much better than the redshirt freshman like in terms of you know head head on his shoulders kind of stuff mm -hmm. and like the other quarterback who's like a running quarterback and can't hit the broad side of a barn like yeah um and I don't know, man, like I, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for me when I write my article about Texas Tech not to be like, hey, Oregon fans, you were real jerks to Tyler Shuck. Like he was a <laughs> way better quarterback and, and y'all were like, you know, really dumb about this. Like, yeah. sorry, well, he'll, his... he'll have an opportunity to make them all eat their words. Yeah. In, uh, not yeah. too long. Now, we got speaking some of constraints. which. Yep. Sorry. Oh, yeah. There we go. Here we go. Perfect transition. We've got once again. This is this is a tradition at this point. The Quack Twelve official. The picks. That is right. The picks are here for the final season of the Pac-12. Holy shit! And honestly, <laughs> it looks to be an exciting one. There are yeah. some damn good teams. Some wonderful quarterbacks. Terrible defenses. Hold on to your butts. Is all I got to say. We got the great pick'em challenge. Uh, let's get through these bad boys. Starting with Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats. Now, uh, Jed Fish is getting a lot of, of credit. Well, Aaron, now, you don't really make your picks off of necessarily uh, uh, the stats, off knowing who these nope. teams are, the personnel, knowing nope. what is going on in general. So I wanted to give you an option. Did you want to make your picks just like right off the bat when you see this just like kind of a wave of inspiration or do you want to wait till the end till you hear hithliday oh, me ramble what do you feel like let me go first i'm feeling okay. extra connected today and by the way i do know what's going on mm -hmm. i just don't need the numbers the numbers <laughs> blur things adam don't you know you see fair enough you have okay. to look through the fog to see mm -hmm. the city uh, all right <laughs> so over <laughs> under 4.5 wins i won't even show you the schedule arizona what are you thinking over under 4.5 wins for their season what's the, that's right what's the universe gotcha. telling you yeah 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 oh uh they're gonna go over okay well i like the optimism it would be nice overall um because i, I want them to do well it's especially because they started with they were in such a freaking hole when Jedfish took over. It's been and they they haven't really you know gotten to a bowl game or anything, but it, there's signs of life there, yeah. uh, which is what you like to see. Here is their schedule. I mean, obviously we got Northern Arizona who beat this team not too long ago. Just to show you how far how far they fell, uh, Mississippi State, UTEP. That's their non-con. Um, of course, for away games, I mean, for home games, Washington's going down to the desert. Oregon State's going down to the desert. Utah's going down there. Hmm. Uh, I am still afraid that they may not make a bowl game, per se. Wow. Just because, but, I mean, offense, offense may be good enough. 
I'm going to say they go over 4.5 wins, but won't make a bowl game. I think they're they're sitting right at that spot. Five wins. So we're tied. Yeah, basically, as of right now. Hithleday, what are your thoughts on this team? Uh, that's about where the analytics project them at. Like, they... And from, you know, diving their roster, like they, you know, they basically return almost identically the same offense as they did last year. Like, and I don't think that their offense was really the problem, although they did have sort of a red zone scoring problem because they, they, they can't run between the tackles. And they, so they can't like they're they they pass very well between the 20s, but then they sort of have a problem punching it in in the mm. red zone. So like, you know, they, they kind of have a bit of a problem, like tacking on the plane at the end um the but like defensively they were real mess um and uh and like you know credit to jed fish they he really like used the transfer portal to, to process a bunch of dudes out um and try to like upgrade his roster like he really went hard at taking a bunch of new dudes you know in his defensive front um like a bunch of new defensive linemen a bunch of new um inside linebackers to the like to the point where like like I haven't really seen any of these guys play before. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, um, but like that's the thing is I haven't seen any of these guys play before. Like no joke, Justin Flo, who they got from Oregon, like is the guy I've seen play the most football. And like every <laughs> Oregon fan knows, like we haven't really seen him play much football. You know, Not like really. Like he completely cleared out his defensive front and replaced them with guys who like, you know, really, I'm not kidding. Like some of them are four stars like Daniel Haymooley, for example, a linebacker he got from Washington. He's a four star from Washington who basically hasn't played. He was like he had an injury, you know, at Washington. It's like and that and it's like that it's up and down. You know, you know, he got a you know high three star from 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 Michigan who transferred to Colorado and then he didn't like what he was seeing. Uh, at, you know, at Colorado under Deion Sanders. And so he bailed again, like, you know, and, and but he's a grad student. So Arizona was able to pick him up. And it's like that all over the place. Like, you know, like the, he got a tackle from Georgia named Bill Norton, who's highly rated. But then Georgia couldn't use him because, you know. But what does it mean if Georgia can't use a blue star? Does it mean that he's actually no good? Or does it mean that they're just so overflowing with, you know, so it's like he totally overhauled his front, but like, I don't know if these guys are any good or not. So it's like huge, huge question mark about whether or not he improved his defense. And like, I don't know. I kind of don't like this coaching staff. I kind of like, if I have to make a bet, my bet is going to be, I still think the defense is probably not going to be great. Um, and so I kind of think there's, this is going to be like a mediocre to bad defense. And so therefore, yeah, I kind of think they're going to struggle to make a bull. They, they do get two pretty easy, at a conference games, although they did lose to Northern Arizona yeah. <laughs> in Jen mm. Fish's, you know, but like UTEP is a terrible team. They actually play this week zero game against Jackson State, Deion Sanders' old team, and like Vegas can't figure out which team should be favored on that game, which is funny. Um, but yeah, UTEP's real bad. Um, so like that's, you know, those are probably two free wins. But then like, man, it's kind of, even though they miss Oregon, it's kind of hard to find wins on this schedule. Like, you know, Stanford is probably going to be bad. So like maybe, but and like Colorado, I don't know. Like Colorado is the team that according to ESPN's like FPI metric, Colorado is their best chance of a conference win. 
And like, who knows what Colorado is going to be, you know, and their second best chance uh, for a conference win, according to ESPN is Stanford. And like, yeah, look, I think Stanford's probably going to be bad because like they had to hollow out that team, but like, I don't know, man, but otherwise like their schedule is kind of brutal. Like, where do you find a win here? Washington, USC, you know, UCLA, Utah, like it's kind of like, this is a tough schedule, man. Like. It, it's really it's really tough to find four more wins for them in order for them to go to a bowl. So like, and, and with all the question marks that I have about their defense, like, yeah, man, I'm I'm kind of thinking five, and like they really like I think they get two wins. I think maybe they beat Stanford, and so they're sitting on three, and then they spend the rest of the season just like, please let us get to the sixth win, and they never get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Colorado was that for a while. Yeah, I yeah. think they're filling that role. Up next, Arizona State, the Sun Devils. Oh, one of my favorite mascots of all time. Um, and and logos, I like the logo too. Aaron, what do you got? Four point five wins, the same amount of over under for Arizona, which has got to hurt. A, I mean, it's got to be insulting to both t- schools. I imagine. I um, got. I don't think that's happening at all. So you're saying I under. think they're going to get like three wins, mm. two even. I get it. Well, suck. I mean, last season <laughs> they got three wins, so just right. Repeat. Obviously, uh, so Kenny Dillingham Three-peat, taking baby. over our old our our old uh, mm. OC is taking over there. Uh, has sparked some interest. Got some people excited. Uh, uh, Bo Baldwin's now the OC. Uh, you know, I always like to think of Vernon Adams Jr. when I hear that name, so that's nice. Brian Ward joins the staff from Wazoo, abandons his own son. Um, no, uh, that's well, <laughs> actually, his son did play defense for them as a walk on last year, but then he left the team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, <laughs> but Cameron uh, Ward is uh, not Brian Ward, the defensive. Oh, it is. Son. I think we've no. talked about this and. In one year, there was actually the four different players whose last name was Ward on their twenty twenty one. Wow! Yeah. Oh my goodness, so many Wards. We're talking about Batman here, uh, Arizona State. I'm four point five. Wait, this is a tough one. Let's look at the schedule. Uh, the the hardest road games, I would say, at Cat. Well, no, no, at Utah, at UCLA. Actually, not bad as far as going on the road. Um, Southern Utah, Oklahoma State, Fresno State, that's their non-con. It is not Fresno a bad State's schedule. Fresno State's going to beat them. Fresno State's going to have a good team this year. Nice. Good to know. I like Fresno State. Uh, I mean, future Pac-16 team, maybe. Who knows? Mm. I will have... You know, I'm feeling optimistic about this. I, well, I can see him squeaking <laughs> out... This is tough, actually. I'm just, for the sake of being different, I'm going over. I'm going over. Wow. That is a tough one, though, because their their team is a bit in shambles. You're so wrong. But I don't mind the school problem. I don't think this was ever – well, I think it was also a coaching problem, probably. Oh, yeah. I think think this is a school problem. I think they're going to, you know (laughs) – they're gonna dinkle out. The school got in trouble because of the coaching, so there you go. Hithliday, how do you feel about these Sun Devils? Um – What's the over-under? 4.5. Okay, so spoiler alert, like I'm really jumping ahead of ourselves here, is Mm -hmm. is to talk about Utah, um, which is that the news out of uh, camp is that Cam Rising, their starting quarterback, and Brant Keithy, their starting tight end, are who both had ACL 
uh, injuries um, mm-hmm. are still not practicing. Oof, um, that's and the the quarterback, the backup quarterback, who's most likely to have you know taken the job for Cam Rising, Brandon Rose, is also injured and probably out. Um, and like when I wrote my Utah preview article this summer, like the only question that I had about the team was like, what's going on with Cam Rising? And, and like, because they're because just, you know, to, to make a long story short, they don't have a team if they don't have Cam Rising. Like yeah. they have a good offense if they have him. They have a non-functional offense if they don't. And they have Jesus. a completely non-functional offense if they don't have tight ends because this mm-hmm. is Andy Ludwig. Um, <laughs> really, Andy Ludwig is the problem, you know, and like, you know, Andy Ludwig can't put on a T-shirt without two tight ends to help him like uh <laughs> and the quarterback to bail him out on third down um like the and so like yeah he really can't afford this situation like at all um and if, if this turns out to be the case like and, and they you know just actively don't you know it's it sort of it changes all the numbers in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. South like you know because Utah goes from a team that like all the metrics have penciled in as a, a loss for like all these different teams to a team that like is potentially a win for a bunch of different teams mm-hmm. And ASU is probably the team that, like, is the biggest beneficiary in the sense that, like, they, like, hate Utah now. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, they've decided to be their rivals because Colorado ain't, uh, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, like, yeah, that's the game that I would flip to a win column if indeed it is the case that Utah is like a shell of itself. Um, November 4th, though, so pretty later in the season late. at least. So, yeah. I know. That's kind of the tricky one. That's why I'm kind of hemming and hawing about this. The other thing, well, there's another Utah question, but I'll talk about that. Anyway, like ASU just named Jaden Rashada the starter. That was the other big question that I had about mm-hmm. ASU um, is that, like, I think that Kenny Dillingham could have screwed up his quarterback situation. Like, they had a bunch of interesting options at quarterback, and I think he should have gone with Rashada, and, uh, but he could have, you know, made the wrong choice, but he didn't. So, yay. Um so, yeah, I actually am a little rosier on uh, ASU. I mean, they're going to lose the games that they're supposed to. They're going to lose to USC. You know, they're going to lose to Washington, although they beat them last year, you know, because they don't play in the desert <laughs> this time. No um, desert magic. Uh, but, like, man, they got some shots at some of these games. Um, like, because I just like, the you know, the way that Dillingham's constructed this staff. Like, um, he didn't. And I like the way that he like confronted this roster as something that needed to get overhauled. Um, Like he didn't succeed nearly as much as he should have. And in fact, like their camp news has a like they've had some negative camp news, frankly, um, in terms of like not being able to add some of the guys that they needed to 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 overhaul their defense. So like I still think their defense is going to be a problem. But like I actually really like their offense. Um, Like I really, really like their offense and playing against some of these like bad defenses that they play against and they play a lot of bad defenses like Mm -hmm. they might really shock some people like, um, yeah, man, like they, they might actually do some real damage with that offense. What are you thinking, over 4.5? or? Yo, yeah, no, I'm taking the over on ASU with that nice. offense. Like, Ugh. in terms of, like, beating teams that you're not expecting them to beat. Like, they're going to beat UCLA, for example, you know? like <laughs> I'd love it. That sounds right. Uh, let's check it Dang. out. Up next, California, the California Wait, Golden what did Bears. you say, Adam? I said over. Okay. California Golden That's Bears. Right. Yeah, we got to keep the pace moving. Uh, keep it going, 5. baby. 5.5 wins for Cal, which seems kind of crazy to me. Aaron, what do you think? 
right? Cal is Cal is. Uh, wait, don't let me just sit here. Don't give me any information. Let me okay. think about this. Sorry. All right. Uh, Open your third eye to the universe. Five point five wins for Cal. Ooh, are they going to a bowl game? They are. Cal's going to go over. Wow. Yeah. And they're going to a bowl game. I don't even have to look at Not it right now. I'm. I think no. I think they're going to continue the downward slide of their um, defense. You know, they they made a pretty interesting OC hire. Finally, Musgrave is out the door. Uh, Jake Spavadol is in the door. Uh, so you know, hopefully they get some kind of old Sunny Dykes offensive spark in there but i don't think it'll be enough for them to get to six wins i think they may get five wins but they're going uh, uh versus auburn and that tor- terrible terrible coach they have at north texas versus idaho that's their non-con um road games at oregon at utah at at ucla stanford shouldn't be too much of a problem but i mean compared to california maybe I don't see it. I just don't see it. And I still don't think they have the guts to fire Justin Wilcox, especially as an independent or part of the Pac-4. I don't know what they're doing. Hithel Day, California, Golden Bears, what's going to happen? I don't think they make a bowl uh, Hmm. again, which is, like, terrifying. I don't think they have a quarterback. Like, they, they, you know, they took some quarterbacks in the offseason. They took uh, the baby Finley. They took Patari from Utah. Like, none of these guys have really thrown a pass. I think, like, the four scholarship quarterbacks that they now have in the room have combined to throw, I think, like a dozen passes mm-hmm. in college. Like, it's just they don't have a quarterback. And, like, Spavital needs a quarterback. Um, they're losing wide receivers left and right. They they lost Sturdivant. They lost Tommy Christakos. They lost Justin Richard Baker. <laughs> you know, those guys are just not on the roster now. Um, they lost Cardwell to injury. They lost one of their cornerbacks, you know, Colin Gamble, uh, to an injury who was going to miss the, the, the season. Um, they, they didn't do enough to help their offensive line. Um, you know, they, they, they had gotten a guy out of the transfer portal, but then he flipped to Louisville. Um, the, the guys that they did get, Barrett Miller from Stanford sucks. They got a guy from Texas A&M who I don't think is adequate to fix, you know, anywhere close to fix the the problems they have in their offensive line. So I think their offense is just going to suck um, still. Um, yeah. like, um, and, so and, hard, dude. Yeah, You're tough. Hard to do offense. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I think their offense is just going to stink. Um, and I don't even think, and like their defense is sort of their calling card, but I didn't even think their defense was as good as it should have been. Um, and like, you know, it's kind of like they're, they're like a, a tough team to play in the sense that like, uh, like not, not as a strategic, like, you know, commander of, of, you know, for, as a like strategic vision, you know, kind of guy, like guiding the program kind of guy, like Justin Wilcox is not a good coach, but as a, like, uh, you know, on the field guy that you're playing against on Saturday, he, you know, mm-hmm. he's a like, ugh, he's kind of like a tough out, like kind of, you know, in that sense, like you sort of like, oh, God damn it. I got to play Cal this week. Like in <laughs> that sense, like, yeah, he sticks around, you know, like he gave Washington a real hard time. Like, he, you know, he gave UCLA a real hard time, like, like a bunch of different games, just like this game was closer than it should have been. It's like, yeah, cause you're playing Wilcox, you know, <laughs> but you still wind up winning the game, you know? So like, I want him to get fired so he can be our DC. I'm going to be real. Mm, hmm. That's an interesting theory. Hmm. So it sounds like definitely if he's not a different defensive a... structure. Uh, oh yeah, I don't think so... that far ahead. 
So anyway. it sounds like <laughs> you're not thinking they're going over five point five. That's for sure. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm taking yeah, no, I'm, I'm give me five and seven for those those guys all well, day. Um, somewhere like, out even there, though, Rob like uh, like crying. Auburn is definitely a beatable team. Like people should yeah. not be being like, oh, that's an SEC team. Cal will definitely lose to them because they're an SEC. Like no, Auburn's not going to be a good team this year. Mm. Like, but Cal's still mm. going to lose to them because Cal's a bad team. You know. Yeah. I mean, Auburn's fans are going to call them commies, and it'll mm-hmm. it'll pump up California and they'll they'll win it hey podcast listener hey come you. over here come yeah. over here get over here yeah. huh? nice headphones you got in here oh yeah i like those chevy be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones eh? <laughs> stomped them on the ground eh be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack 12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that yeah. what he's doing there, bud? <laughs> yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake splash splash maybe with you in the trunk of it huh? glug glug guzzle guzzle maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the quack 12 page on apple podcast all you gotta do is go to apple podcast quack 12 give us five stars yeah the internet you got it bud five stars leave us a little comment help other people find it maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing if you catch my drift you seen the posters on the telephone poles yeah those are those are people that didn't give us five stars some of them did and we did it anyways and then uh you know uh, oh hey hey look at look at this podcast listener on their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad, not wanting to hear that baby wah, by covering wah. it up. Wah, wah, so they say. Putting on them headphones, trying to get the sky waitress's attention. To get over here, give me more of that Quack 12 podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why don't you, yeah, you want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Otherwise, you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, Blash. never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be th- part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. We'll forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars, that's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him let him go, Mikey. Let him go in the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo, quack quack.
Up next, Colorado. The Colorado Buffaloes could not have more hype on them. At the same time, the over-under is 3.5 wins. It's a pretty unique spot for Coach Prime to be in. Aaron, what do you think about these buffs? You going to back them? That's right, Deion Sanders. Baby. Oh, yes, I am. I am all in. Of course. Of course. You would Dude. be the guy. So you're going over. I mean, it's a low. It's 3.5. It's pretty freaking low, so I get you. Uh, here he yeah. is, the man himself, Coach Prime. I think this dude's gonna. I think this dude's going to get five wins. Wow. That's saying something. I mean. Is it? At TCU I think is he, what we're starting I think starting he's with. being underestimated heavily, right? Underestimated. I mean, he, the hype on this dude is nuts. Uh, you, oh, you got, like, I feel like I've only heard negative Nancys. Sorry. Well, that's true. I mean, there's also he's also getting some hate, too, because of the hype, that kind of thing, you know? Right. Okay. Pretty tough non-con schedule for Colorado, I would say. At TCU, who was in the Boo, playoffs last season. They suck. You hate them, I know. And then uh, then Nebraska, which is just, that is the true rivalry, not <laughs> Utah. They hate each other. Colorado, Nebraska, it is ancient hatred there. Um, wow. September 16th, then Colorado State, still, I mean, a rival. They're playing every single year. Uh, I don't know much about Colorado State at all, but I know about Colorado. They, they don't play every year, but they, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. They try to or something like that. Uh, and then... 70 people, I do believe, like uh, have left this roster and much. There's a lot of talent that is an upgrade, but a lot of it is either a lateral move or just a straight up loss. Like it's not all upgrade. That's for sure. So huge roster turnover, like historic roster turnover. Um, They play at Oregon. They play at Arizona State, at UCLA, at Washington State. At Utah. Those are some tough places to play. Right off the bat, I'm just looking at here really quick. I feel like there are potential four wins if everything went exact. Like, I I don't know. Mm, I'm actually going to say I think they will be able to get four wins. And that still seems like maybe I'm reaching a little bit. But I'm going to buy the hype. I think they're exactly at four, which would put them over. Day, how do you feel about Coach Prime's monster he's building over there? Um, I still think that they – I'm taking the over. Um, I, I There are a, a number of questions to resolve. I mean, it's, it's more difficult to resolve questions about Colorado than any other team simply because, mm-hmm. like, these guys haven't played together. Like, yeah. the way that you framed it, I, I think, is, is the right way. Like, he – the – if you just look at the roster, like if you sort of wipe away the fact that like these all come in from different, you know, programs and so forth and just look at their like talent level and their level of experience and the level of production and where they played and just look at it as sort of a math problem like they they look like the roster of a middle of the pack you know, power five program, you know, pack 12 program, you know, they look like the equivalent of your of your Oregon state, of your Cal's, of your Arizona states, you know, et cetera. Um, And so, you know, predicting them at like two or three wins is like totally inappropriate. Like they, you know, this it's a, it's a somewhere between four and six win, you know, team, because that's where their talent level is. And you just sort of have to modulate for the difficulty of their schedule. Um, And then it's sort of difficult because it's like, Hey, you know, two of the, 
teams in their non-con TCU in Nebraska are like themselves really difficult to predict. Like, yes, TCU mm-hmm. was the national championship game last year, but like everybody who watched that team was like, something weird is going on. This team is like way over its skis. And then they, yeah. they lost like everybody. And it's like, Holy crap, man. Like, you know, what would happen if Dion beat him, you know, yeah. in, 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 in last in, season, in this first... Colorado team with a bunch of different players really held TCU to a close Yeah, game. I know. You know, so. they actually like people sort of forget that. But they, actually, yeah. that game was fairly tight, you know, fairly mm-hmm. late, you know. And then like, you know, Matt Rule taking over Nebraska, you yeah. know, like it's not like Nebraska has been great shakes, you know, like, dude, like, I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen, but like, it's not a like insane like i mean it would be insane if it in terms of the media hype uh like but colorado could come uh could play oregon with a three and oh record um i'd love it like yeah you know like it is entirely within the realm of possibility that that occurs um like the the team that he is he actually did you know set aside whatever morally i guess you think about like processing out 70 dudes um like the job that he did of turning over the roster and replacing them with like basically replacement level or better you know guys was actually a pretty competent job like i have some uh you know there's some position areas that i'm not sold on and i got some questions about but like this is actually a pretty competently assembled roster you know uh, all things being considered and like yeah no i expect you know somewhere between four and six wins um depending on the difficulty of the rest of the schedule there you go. Uh, oh and he gets six big question mark being like we don't know how guys who have never played together are going to play together like that's the experimental factor like every other team that's ever existed are guys that like they more or less like 70 percent of them played together last year and they're sort of like a team culture that can that that, that it's iterative and this is not an iteration this is like wipe the slate clean you know and and you know sanders is coming in it's like we don't know what effect that might have on things Mm -hmm. right i think if anything the way i view it is like this is his what is that uh the bad news bears or whatever Mm. (laughs) yeah where it's really like the solidification of these guys becoming like a unit is in the mere fact that their leader is Deion sanders i mean that's what they're betting on I mean, but, I kind of have but just that like could these visions of him too, like pacing like, the locker room, you know, just like going into like deep tirades of amazing shit. But there, like there the, was a video. All the haters, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like all, not, I'm not saying that the haters are right, but the argument that the haters make is that like that, that, that shtick is not, you know, adequate and may even be counterproductive to team okay. cohesion. You sure. Know? Mm-hmm. Sure. There was a, yeah. a video of a little scruffle during uh, a practice where, like, two Colorado players were kind of, like, jawing each other, fighting a little bit. And some players walked away. And afterwards, Deion Sanders basically said, like, you never walk away from a fight when your teammate is in a fight. <laughs> so it's, it's a unique energy going on there. I love it. Uh, wow. Yes, all, of us, dude. all of us got it over. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, when he came to the Cowboys, dude, mm-hmm. it was like... It was like, dude, this guy is ferocious out there. Prime. He's, prime, He's intense. If Love he gets it. to a bowl game, he's gone. I'll tell you that much. That's what I think. Um, <laughs> Oregon, over under 9.5 wins. I, I could take this as an opportunity for us to to get back some time so we can talk about other teams. Because I'm thinking, I mean, 12-0, baby. We're going to the national championship. We're going to win it this year. What do you think, Eric? Wow. 
No, I actually think we're going to have 11 wins this season. Oof, okay. Like, I think we're going to for real have it. And the one is going to be like a weird wake-up call one. Colorado. Maybe it's the Deion Sanders one. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a weird wake-up call. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, Hith, we, we will have plenty of time to talk Oregon with you throughout the season. But any, yeah, any like overall lingering thoughts on this? Or? I mean, I make the same prediction for Oregon that I do every single year, which is mm-hmm. give me 10 wins, you know, because mm-hmm. – because you you can't predict twelve like twelve's just bad luck. Uh, I just did, but yeah. You Thanks, know. Adam. So like <laughs> it, it, eleven eleven and one is what you're always hoping for, right? Uh, and, and then you're always going to be disappointed. Uh, so give me ten. <laughs> well, you know, there you go. That the, they're right. always going to lose one game where you smack your forehead. Um, yeah, and if right. you don't smack your forehead, then like, hey, hooray! Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you the um, the toughest road games, definitely at Washington, at Utah. Those will be huge. Those sound like a game that would could definitely be a loss. But otherwise, non-con, Portland State, at Texas Tech, Hawaii, knock on wood, but shouldn't be I mean, too much the, of a problem. The statistical you know prediction formulas think that Oregon's going to have a really hard time with Texas Tech. I've been watching their film, I, you know. I, Texas Tech doesn't really scare me like you know not that much I mean there are like read my article that there are th- lots of things to be that are interesting about Texas Tech um, but like you know ultimately I think the stat sort of is telling they recruited at about a 0.83 level which is a low three star um, they the significant thing for them is that their defense was really good actually for anybody who's thinking this is like a high-flying big 12 you know team actually really they were a defense-led team last year like really really their defense mm. really outshone their offense and and really mm. their defense made their offense look better than it was and their offense made their defense look worse than it was in terms of like turnovers and field position like their defense kept handing the offense good opportunities and the offense kept putting the defense in bad spots and so really like statistically if you look at it like it looks like they were kind of even but no 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 the defense was much better than the offense um but the thing was their defense was buoyed by a bunch of like like you know diamonds in the rough like nfl players who they lost to the nfl uh and like super seniors like covid based super seniors who Mm. you know they couldn't retain because they were super seniors and like they didn't such a weird word and like all of those guys are gone now like their defense like and it's a tim deruder defense which is like interesting it's not just tyler shuck that you get to see again it's tim deruder that you get to see again who's the defensive coordinator that i like a lot but like the dudes that he loses like if i like or like the guys that are absolutely essential to a tim deruder defense like you couldn't design better uh, uh guys to lose from a tim deruder defense to make his defense like you know function poorly if mm. you, like if you know what i mean like if i if i got yeah. to select five starters to remove from a tim deruder defense i wouldn't pick five you know any dudes differently than the the five starters that he lost like so you, you know like the the i i really think his defense is probably going to take a pretty big step back and that was was booing his team his quarterback situation is probably going to get more stable, but all the other things on his offense are staying the, that were bad are staying the same. Like his offensive line was absolutely terrible. Like their wide receivers can't get separation. Like they're losing their best running back. Like their play calling was bizarrely weird, which is 
yeah, I don't know, I'm getting way ahead of myself. You should read my article about this the game week. But like, <laughs> Texas Tech does not, it is a team that doesn't scare me at all. If Oregon loses to Texas Tech, Oregon, it's not going to be a one-off loss. It's not going to be an, oh, shuck, they just went down to Lubbock. Oh, man. It means that this team has serious problems, and they're not just going to lose that one game. It means that Lanning really screwed up in the construction of this team. They're going to lose a bunch of other games. Um, there you go. Circle uh, that but, one. But fans. on the other hand, if this if they beat Texas Tech handily, which is you know what they ought to do, then that means you know yeah, it's a double digit win season. Okay, well that's a huge game then. Oregon State, they hate us over under eight because they ain't us because they ain't us. Actually, is pretty accurate. Um, Aaron, what do you think? Eight point five wins is a hell of a lot, actually. Yeah, Your little brother. That seems dead ass wrong, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> by dead ass wrong, you mean over or under? Let me talk to the let me talk to the space. Okay. Eight point five, which means they it's under. Under it's under. Well, certainly seems safe. Uh the team that embarrassed us last season, we got their schedule here. San Jose State, who also will be taking on USC in week zero. UC Davis, San Diego State. Um. Wow. Who maybe? Who knows? Joining this pack conference, so that maybe a conference opponent in the future for the Beavs. Uh. Verse. Uh. Then we got at Wazoo, at Cal, at Arizona, at Colorado. Those are great road games for conference play. And then at Oregon at the very end. Do I see nine wins here? That is so many. Um. I mean, I think they lose to Washington, to Oregon, to Utah, and then I imagine. There's a slip up in there, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. It's all about how optimistic I am. Uh, really about DJU, maybe. I mean, I think safe bet is under. I think safe bet is under, and I am going with that because uh, I think oh, they lose wow. their three hardest games, and I think they lose one other game somewhere in there. Though the Beavers were mighty impressive last season. Did they? Uh, what do you think, Hithoday? This one's really, it's really tough because, look, for, it, because of their schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they have a super soft non con, right? San Jose State, an FCS team, and San Diego State, which, like, they ought to, it's like three free wins because um, San Diego State's going to take a step back this year. Yeah. Um, they don't play USC. Um, I think the other South team they miss is Arizona State, which is sort of like a question mark team for me. It's pro- probably a good miss for them, mm-hmm. um, it, or at least missing a question mark is good. Um, uh, th- so, like, soft schedule. Um, and then I definitely think they're taking a step back in the sense that, like, I'm not a believer in, in DJU, or at least I – I don't think that Lindgren, their quarterback coach, is going to get mm. anything out of him that Clemson wasn't able to get out of him. Like, I, I think that he's just a bad quarterback's coach, and the idea that they're going to extract anything extra out of him is false, and they're just going to get the same level of quarterback play out of him that they've gotten out of quarterbacks since for the last, like, four years. Um, like, yeah. ever since Luton went to the NFL, uh, they're going to get that level of quarterback play. But... They're going to have an excellent offensive line. They're going to have an excellent running back unit. And Jonathan Smith knows how to use those things. And they're going to face a bunch of really bad rush defenses. And he's just going to smash. Like, I think he's just going to smash like five teams, you know, plus like three, you know, soft non-con teams. And I think he's just going to, without breaking a sweat, he's going to get eight wins. 
mm-hmm. you know, from that alone, you know, like and then it's just a question, win. you know, does he get that ninth win? And it's like, well, then, you know, I think he's just going to smash Wazoo, Cal, Arizona, Stanford and Colorado on the on on the run game you know the offensive line run game you know factor alone plus three you know that's eight and so then it's just a question of utah ucla washington oregon does he pick up a a ninth win from one of those four teams well it could be utah if the problems that i discussed happened i don't think ucla fixed their defense it could be them washington's going to have a crap defense that i don't think they fixed it could be them oregon they did beat with exactly that last year like you know man you know on the other hand I really think that Oregon State was, you know, their defense was excellent last year, but it was because of, a, a, you know, everything I said about Texas Tech, like it was a bunch of like super seniors and NFL hidden NFL talent, like except mm-hmm. like on steroids, like, I mean, not literally those guys were on steroids, <laughs> like, I mean, like j- just magnified by a factor too. like they it was even more guys that they, you know, were losing and were even more super seniory um, like their defense is going to take a huge you know, step back and Smith was super complacent about replacing them in the transfer, like, like gobsmackingly complacent about replacing them. Um, and I guess he trusts his internal development, but like that doesn't work until those guys are super seniors for him. Um, and they're not who've played for like five years. And that's just not what that's going to be in 2023. It might be in like 2026, but that's not, that doesn't describe those players right now. Um, Uh, So, like, I think their defense is going to take a big step back. Um, So, like, yeah. So, 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 like, in between the difficulty of, you know, where does he find that ninth win and the question of, like, well, maybe he doesn't automatically get to eight because maybe that defense creates a problem. You know, like, maybe Arizona just throws all over him. You know what I mean? Or, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So, like, I think the safe bet is to take the under. But, like, they're going to make me sweat it. It'll be a close one. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, True Oregon (laughs) Ducks podcast fashion. All of us have the under there. Wonderful to see. Stanford, this is... I think a lot of people set that 8.5, you know, just because they're projecting this to be the exact same team as it was last year. And that's foolish and it makes me angry. But then when I Mm. actually go through the exercise to predict it, I'm like, God damn it, I came to the same conclusion. (laughs) I can't get mad at them, you know? Exactly. Um, Stanford fans, if they existed, would be maybe mad at this. 2.5 is the over-under for what was once a mighty program um, and is now begging yeah. to be across the seas or across they used the land to, be, to ACC. They used to be your favorite team. You no, loved the, them for a long up. time. Shut up. No. <laughs> Three and nine they went last year. Uh, know, Troy that's... Taylor has got a lot. Um, it, uh, he's got a lot of hats he's wearing too. He's the Andrew Luck director of uh of offense. He's the Bradford M. Freeman director of football, and he's the uh the uh what is it the Kevin Hogan QB coach. Yes, so he's got, got, a, got a whole three lot to do. His goofball titles. I absolutely had to write them down. Aaron, two point five wins. That's so low. Do you think they're gonna win it's at least so three games? Low. It's so low. It's so low that it throws off my ability to actually concentrate on what could happen. It's so bad. They have such a bad energy or vibe, if you will. Mm -hmm. What do you think? (laughs) They're stigmatized heavily. I think they're going to (laughs) get 
three again? I think they'll go over, but they're going to get okay. three. I mean, with 2.5, you would assume. Two games? Yeah, like, like two win games, three games seems crazy. I mean, I'm just looking at the the absolute worst definitely would be Sac State, Hawaii. That is two. That's it. Those and are then, two. But then, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I think <laughs> over is easy. Because I do see, I mean... Wazoo is not a powerhouse. Colorado, despite the hype, is not a ca- powerhouse. Cal is there. I could absolutely see them upsetting Oregon State, or or they got Arizona on the schedule. I think I I can't see. I I think three is right about where it's at. Maybe four even. There still is talent there, even though it is very hard for them to replace the talent that leaves because you got to be able to get into Stanford, which is very hard. I hear I didn't even try. Um, so I think three is is very much achievable. I think two point five is a little bit too low. Uh, Hit the day. Any chance you're taking the under here? I would love to hear it. No, I'll take the over. I mean, yeah. like. Because, because it just because taking the under requires them going winless in Pac-12 play, which is mm-hmm. like, it's kind of this is going to sound weird. It's hard to do because there's so many goofballs in the Pac-12. Like the the idea <laughs> yeah. that like none of them would slip up against Stanford, yeah. like it's yeah. hard to believe. Because like I I I do think that Troy Taylor is a good coach, um, and I don't think there's enough non goofballs in the Pac-12 for it to never happen. <laughs> like the problem, the problem is that like just the personnel doesn't match. Like I don't think he's got a quarterback. I think his best players on offense don't match what he wants to do. I think his offensive line is terrible. I think that he actually did do some good work to fix his defensive front, but his secondary is going to be awful. And he's playing against a league that's got a bunch of really great passing offenses. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I could see him getting into a rock fight with Oregon State and like you know I could see him beating or I mean hell Oregon State needed a you know a miracle last year to beat him by one point remember that mm. where the like the ball bounced off oh. a dude and a guy gave up that was right? so like, good the Arizona State like there was like that was like a one point like miracle game last year mm-hmm. like yeah you know Stanford went three and nine last year but there was like weird games you know against Stanford so like where there were like one point you know margins so like yeah. the idea that you just like oh yeah pencil them in for zero and nine in the Pac-12 like you know no way do they win a game and it's going to be a blowout loss every single time like that's too maximalist like that they'll win a conference game and, and so that yeah. record is reserved for Washington and Washington alone yeah exactly we all know that uh, up next, UCLA, Ooh. 8.5 wins, old Chip Kelly still down there doing his magic, though it looks a little different than when he did it at Oregon. Aaron, what do you got? Under. You're a UCLA hater. Uh, I love it. No. Am I? Maybe I am. I, I, forget. I don't know why. You, you said you were going to choose a team to hate this season. I forget whether it was UCLA or someone else. Well, no, I already hit is- UCLA horde last year. That's true. Um, they got a pummeling. Coastal Carolina, I would love for Coastal Carolina to be good because I always love when they are good. They're a fun team to watch. Um, at San Diego State, who's, as Day said, taking a step back. North Carolina Central, who is a team I have heard about today. Um, as far as the road games in conference play, at Utah, at Oregon State, at Stanford, at Arizona, and at USC. So you get some good, you get some bad. Facts of life. 
Whoo, 8.5. So let's let's see if there's if I got some guaranteed losses here. Maybe at Utah. It's not guaranteed, but I could see it. Yeah, um, except wow, you know, asterisk around Utah, and it'll be early, right? It's their first oh, true. game, right? It's week four. That is very true. You know, 8.5 is pretty high, but it's really looking at their soft. schedule, it's a big yeah. They miss Oregon. They miss Washington. It's 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 babier than the baby blue we got on the screen right now. Uh, it it really is. And Chip Chip is I mean you know he's not like this god or anything, but he he Chip's just got a great a idea from loss. Offense. You're right. There there's yeah. a there's a game on here that he'll be favored to win that he'll get upset because it's Chip mm-hmm. Kelly. And honestly, no maybe Coastal Carolina in in outsmarting Chip Kelly than Chip Kelly. <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. But I could see. Even if it was nine point five wins, I would maybe take that over, uh, just because this schedule, wow. man. Yeah, like I, I guess I got faith in the good old chip. Like other than USC, their hardest game was Utah, but you know Utah may not have their quarterback or tight end in Week Four. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, pretty interesting. Uh, would you also go over here? That sounds like it. What What's the number? Eight point five. Let me do math. Pretty interesting. Yeah, give me the over. I, I think this is a nine-win team. I don't think they'll deserve wow. to be a nine-win team. It's a total schedule yeah. artifact. But like, they scheduled three cupcakes in the non-con. Utah took themselves out of it with the injury. They didn't. They don't get Oregon or Washington. Like, Oof. you know, they're they're they can sleepwalk their way to seven. Yeah. Yeah. No. They, they can easy. sleepwalk their way to seven. If and, I were to put and money then they on just any got of a these, two, which shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a challenge, yeah. Out of all of them, I'd, I'd put actual real money on that one. USC. I, I don't actually think they're going to be a significantly better team. Or yeah. In fact, actually, I think they're going to be slightly worse team than they were last year because they lose DTR and Charbonnet, and I don't mm-hmm. think the guys that they got to replace them are better. In fact, I think that their camp battle right now between – like, I, I think the fact that they can't just settle on Dante Moore – um, mm-hmm. is probably like a, you know, exactly a sign of, of what I, you know, predicted, which is that they're not going to want that Dante Moore is not going to wind up being their starter at the end of the year. And he's going to wind up transferring out because Chip Kelly doesn't know how to use a pocket passer. The fact mm-hmm. that Ethan Garbers is apparently the guy who's, <laughs> you know, you know, is kind of a bad sign, frankly, because like it either should have been Schley, um, who'd be sort of the poor man's you know version of DTR for Chip Kelly's offense, or it should have been uh, what's his name, the, the the talented guy Justin Martin, I think. Um, yeah. That we talked about with uh, with in our interview with the UCLA writer from the B team, Michael Hanna. Um, but like apparently, if he's not being mentioned at all in the camp race, it means there's still butterflies between his ears, which means like they've really got a problem at their quarterback, you know, room. Which you know, and the one thing that Chip Kelly had going for him, I mean, really like one thing. No, he had two things. The other one was Zach Charbonnet. But the other thing that he had going for him was was DTR. For five years, he had DTR going for him, was the best athlete that he had in the field for all all 22 Mm -hmm. players was DTR. And like he's going to have that trump card taken away from him and like and it's going to be replaced by problem like trump card to problem is a big deal and mm-hmm. so like yeah there's a you know this team's probably going to be somewhere between the same to worse but their their win loss record is going to get better because the schedule is just it's baby soft man i get you um okay we're in the final stretch 
we'll we'll hurry through these so no one misses any of their important dates. USC over under 9.5 wins. Aaron, that is very high. 9.5 wins. This is the team with the most type, I would say, in the Pac-12. Really? People have them in the playoffs even. Uh, wow. Heisman winner Caleb Williams leads them and returns. What do you think, wow. Aaron? 9.5 wins? I don't know. You just blew my mind. You gave me facts, and I didn't need them. Sorry. I think they will go under. I mean, nine point five is pretty high. Nine, they get um, nine. Nine versus San Jose State versus Nevada versus or where's that other one? Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Those are your non-cons there. First two should be gimmies. You would hope it would be pretty funny to get a week zero loss, but who cares? Um, road games at ASU at Colorado at or Notre Dame, as I said, at Cal and at Oregon. Overall, pretty easy schedule. I mean, Notre Dame is always a big one for this team. God um, dang it. Well, I don't know, man. Do I see some? I mean, I hope they lose at Oregon, obviously. That's probably their toughest challenge uh, along with Notre Dame. So that would be two losses. And then it's all about do you think one of these teams, if those two things were to happen, um, one of these teams can upset them. I mean, certainly UCLA could versus Utah. Utah did last time. Uh, embarrassing fashion. So, I mean, it's if I go under, it's only because I want it to be true. Uh, but it, it, one injury to Caleb Williams or something, that certainly would put a damper on things. Wow, why would you go that dark? That's so dark. Hey, it happens, buddy. You went straight um, to injury. <laughs> yeah, because I wish bad luck on these people. No. Uh, I will go, unfortunately, over. I don't want it to be true, but... I'm going to go over, which pro- which that could include Hithlidae a win at Oregon. my life here. Tell me yeah. I still have a connection to the universe, Hith, please. <laughs> what do you think, Hith? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, 9.5 is the number? Yes. 9.5 means they could lose to Notre Dame and Oregon and still go over. You yeah. know, like, the, the next nearest loss would be Utah, and there's lots of reasons to doubt they're going to lose Utah for a third time. Um uh, and not just Cam Rising related reasons. Um, you know, they're, it's too long to get into. I don't think Utah's going to beat him again. Um, but like, yeah, they're, you know, they can lose two and still win 10. And, you know, yeah. like, you know, they, they, they don't play Oregon State. I don't think Oregon State's defense would have put up the same fight as they did last oh, year, but like, they don't so play good. Oregon State this year. Like, yeah. you know, they, they, other than Notre Dame, they don't play a challenging non con. You know, they, like, you know, their, their new game is Washington. Washington's defense is not going to pose a challenge to, to USC's offense. Oh. No, and none of these, and none of the teams that they did play last year, other than Utah, uh, posed a challenge to USC's offense. Frankly, Utah's defense didn't pose a challenge to USC's offense. They put up what fifty points on them, like mm-hmm. uh, until Caleb Williams get hurt, get got hurt, which is obviously like you know the answer to any question, like well, what if the quarterback get hurt? But that's true of yeah. any team. Like you shouldn't count that. Uh, Same yeah, with they're they're gonna they're gonna win ten games. You know, the only question is whether or not they win eleven. Like, yeah, wow, right. Utah. We've talked about this team quite a bit actually throughout the other ones. Uh, 8.5 wins. Aaron, what do you think about these Utes with, with you know, all the injuries and stuff possibly looming? God, man, I feel wins. so discombobulated. I feel so thrown off. 
I have to say, I think I've been listening to Hithleday too much this episode, and I have to say under, because he's got me thinking they're underwhelming. Well, with this, um, I'm going to hope that everyone's healthy, because I'd be, well, starting it off with Florida is a tough one, then at Baylor, then you got Weaver State, but still, Florida and at Baylor, those are some tough ones, especially if you got uh, some injury questions here at Oregon State, at USC, at Washington, at Arizona. Washington, USC, those are tough road games. They also play Oregon, 8.5. Do I think there's four losses on here? I think there's very, even with everyone healthy, I can imagine four losses. Wow. Um, do I think the, I'm going to buck what Aaron said, go against him just to hopefully add some points here. I'm going over, but I think nine wins may kind of be there. I don't I don't think they're going over nine wins, that's for sure. Aaron, what, I mean, uh, Hith, what do you think? I mean, I know, again, all the questions we've been talking about are going to play a huge factor in it. What's the number? 8.5. 8. 8. 8. Oh, under on that. There you go. Yeah, I, I think they're – I mean – I'll just go out on a limb. I think they're going to lose to Florida and Baylor. Um, I think they're going to lose to UCLA. Uh, um, you know, I, I think they're probably going to be one and three uh, going into the Oregon State game. Wow. wow. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, they throttled Oregon State last year um, because their Utah's run game is really good. And like people don't really understand this, uh, but Oregon State's run defense is not good at all. And I think they're just mm. going to run all over Oregon State. And I think they're sort of going to start clawing back at that point. Like, I think they'll beat Oregon State. That'll take them to two and three. I think they'll beat Cal. Um, cause you don't need a quarterback to beat Cal. That'll take them to three and three. Um, I think they'll lose to USC again. That'll be three and four. I think they'll lose to Oregon. That'll be three and five. And then ASU, I already talked about that game, right? Like that's three mm-hmm. and six. And now like, like that's like scary territory. I think this team might miss a bowl. Like, I think they Whoa. might need to like, you know, like, I don't know what they do to, to Washington. They might like run all over. Like, I think they might come out of that Arizona State game at three and six and need to womp Washington with their run game, which is entirely possible, and then beat Arizona and Colorado just to make a bowl. Wow. Because of what their you quarterback win. situation puts them into for the Man. first four weeks of the year. I love that. You went apocalyptic, my dude. I'm I'm Absolutely. not trying to be apocalyptic. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to tell you what Andy Ludwig plus not having a quarterback and a tight end does uh-huh. to their offense. There's also a um it's complicated and you need to read my Utah preview to understand all of it. It's way more than we have time to talk about, but I think their defense is going to have some issues. I'm not saying their defense is going to be bad, but I think it's going to have particular issues defending against particular teams because of uh, certain personnel losses that they had and the way that they have to manage their personnel, which is very because of the way that they have to deal with missionaries coming back. It's, Mm -hmm. it's super complicated. You have to read my article for it. Um, the, but like I think their defense is going to have a difficult time with certain teams. Um, yeah. All right. Well, here we go. We got two more. We got very little time, so we're just going to run through Flash this round. kind of as an insult as them as well. Washington Huskies over under nine point five wins. They are ready. Over. Aaron, quick. 
Over. Over. I hate it. Aaron is now a Husky fan. I've never been more disappointed in him. I wish I could. I wish he was my son so I could disown him. Um, 9.5 wins. Just so we don't lose all credibility as a biased duck, I'm immediate uh, duck podcast. I'm immediately saying under, even though this is a this is a good team. Hopefully, Boise State immediately takes them out. Then Tulsa does. Then at Michigan State, they lose to their future conference uh, uh, friend there. But I mean, who knows? This this is actually a pretty solid team. Kalen DeBoer's a great coach, but they lost some people in their defense. Ain't no good. But they may be good enough to beat us. What do you think, uh, Hith? 9.5. Pretty high. I mean, I, I think I, I think there are seven games they can't lose. I mm. think there are five losable games. And so, like, nine and a half. Boy, that's tough. Um, like, you can find three losses on this schedule. You can find three losses on the schedule pretty easily. Um, but whether they will actually lose them has to do more with those teams than it does with Washington. Like, mm. like they play Utah real late in the year. Is Cam Rising going to be back for that game? You know, they didn't play USC or Utah last year. So, like how those uh, games go yeah. i don't know i don't know what the DeBoer versus riley game looks like i don't know what the DeBoer versus whittingham game looks like you know Fun it was a season. close game against osu last year they may be playing aiden childs you know at that point you know like all three of those games are super are, are november games you know like espn thinks that michigan state is going to beat um washington in east lansing actually pretty comfortably um wow. I'm not sure what they're basing that on because I know I, I know you know I I watched Michigan State's games last year as part of my Big Ten charting project. I'm not sure what they're basing that on. Um, I definitely watched me. one. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, you know Washington's sort of like a poor man's USC to be perfectly honest, where they have like this unstoppable offense between the twenties, but they have a bit of a problem scoring in the red zone, and their defense stunk. And then they didn't do anything to fix their defense, so it's like they're kind of a one trick pony in that sense. And like, if you have the guts to figure out how to stop them, like you can kind of grind that team to a halt. It's just that I don't know that they play a lot of teams that have the guts of the brains to figure out how to stop them. So. Uh. It's kind of 9.5 is actually a pretty good number for them, given their yeah. schedule. Um, and it's and like I said, it's much more like Washington, I feel like, is the most known quantity team to me of anybody in the Pac-12. It And it's really much more of a function of everybody else on the schedule who I, I like. I got big question. Well, who's Michigan State this year? Who's Boise State this year? You know, who who's Oregon State this year? Who's Utah this year? Like all of these, I feel like are who's Arizona State this year? Like all of these teams feel like way bigger questions to me than Washington. That's why I have a, a tough, tough, tough time nailing exactly where the, their number is nine or ten. But we're well, forcing you. Which one season. is it? Nine or ten? Give me nine. Oh, nice. Nice. you dirty I dog. It. I love it. I love it. And uh, in true college football fashion, what you do is you just shit all over Wazoo and then you forget about him. Apparently, that's what you do. <laughs> um, so Washington State, 6.5 wins. They they got him to go into a bowl game. Aaron, where do you got him? Up? Under. Down. Under. Under for you. I'm looking at this schedule real quick. Mm, looking at this. Do I see seven wins? No. Under. That easy. Under. Uh, their their defense gets worse. Their offense gets worse. There you go. I actually like just ending it truly <laughs> that quickly with Lawson. <laughs> Real as well. Sorry, Jeff Neusser. 
Uh, college football has been cruel enough to Wazoo fans, so we figure we. Yeah. I mean, they they lost the right linebackers who were the big surprise for them last year. The, the good linebackers who were the big surprise from last year. They lost their wide receivers in uh, in both uh, of those units. The the replacements that they got are not as good. So like, yeah, defense gets worse. The offense it. gets worse. There we have it. Oh, we they got snuck it under the wire. Like, but. The poor Cougs, like they're the victims yeah. of the transfer portal in a way that other teams like aren't. They they they, you know, they, they tried to victimize other teams, you know, <laughs> but they're G five teams with lower quality players. So sorry, Cougs. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but uh, it's very fortunate that we were able to have Hithliday here of yeah, Addicted thank to you. on the pod. Could not be happier, and we hope to have you on, well, basically every single week for a while <laughs> while college football say, It's going. about time yeah, that you take over the it. main feed again. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Aaron, please. it was great talking to you. I missed you over the summer, man. I, I, was I know. I try. I like to keep you separate. You know. I'm ex. Yeah, I'm excited to have my brain back. (laughs) There you go. Um, Please go over to Addicted to Quack to find Hitler Day's work. It's a wonderful website. You will not find a better Oregon Ducks site when it comes to uh, 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 analyzing this team. Um, certainly not this podcast. Also, go over to at Quackful Podcast on Twitter, at Hithliday1 on Twitter, at Addicted to Quack on Twitter, and go give us money right now over on the Quackful Patreon. I demand it. Hithliday, any uh, final words while we while we send you on your way? Uh, we just hired a couple of new writers at Addicted to Guess Quack. Guess not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Quack's a good one. Holy shit, you hear that? It's all slowing down. Oh, yeah. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Couldn't be more excited for the football. We'll have actual Pac-12 football to talk about even. It's going to be nuts. That being said, we love you. Bye.